Hello and welcome to another episode of No Plans to Merge. I'm your host, Caleb Porzio. I'm also your host, Daniel Colburn. That's right. And we are here to talk to you about programming and things. And, and we are brought to you today by... Honey Badger. Honey Badger. We'll tell you more about Honey Badger later on, but good error monitoring. Oh, it really is. I tell you what. Tell you what. So, what should we talk about today, Deco? Uh, Quick one. Quick one. Uh, I want to talk about pairing. I know we've talked about pairing a million times, but I, I was thinking about pairing again. I saw a tweet that Matt tweeted about you and pairing. We were pairing, and I had been wanting a pair uh, for a while. <laughs> you ever find yourself hankering for a pair? Uh, you know what? <laughs> yeah? yeah? You do? You I, don't? I do. You know, I mean, I, <laughs> you just go on, go on now. So, so, not the fruit. You do feel like you're lacking in a, in a pair, Tico. Yeah, and you, you find yourself like with the the strong sense that like I need a pair or two this week. Yeah. To like really turn my week around, you know? Yeah. Do you ever have one of those weeks? I do. Okay, so I was having one of those. Really one of those, like, set of three weeks. Like, it was just one of those times where it was like... And there's something about pairing where if you're pairing with someone who has the same goals as you, the pair is magical. And if it's something where, like, I have to bother someone to get them to pair with me, yeah, and then they're just pairing with me to, like, help me out of a jam, yeah, it's a totally different animal than the, like... Well, we both have, there's this list of tickets in front of us, and both of our goal is to make as many of these tickets go away as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a magical pair. And it's uh, sometimes hard to find, because sometimes the world isn't arranged in that way. Hmm. Um, but I, uh, I have like several theories about why pairing is good. Uh, and here, I think, is the number one reason that pairing is good is the did you see my chest tweet yes i did and i really liked it i liked it too um Re- i thought reiterate for us i thought it should have done better but whatever yeah, um, any time i like shout into the void some meaningful philosophy it uh-huh. just it falls flat it does nothing yeah yeah um what did i say what did i say i said i think programming is a lot like chess the more positions you're familiar with, the better you are. It's the transitions between familiar patterns that make or break you and where you spend most of your time just staring and thinking. And then follow-up tweet. This is why pairing is so valuable. Two minds are f- familiar with more situations than just one. Less moments where everyone is in a situation they've never seen before. You keep momentum up. Yeah. Yeah, that- I think that's. I think it's great. And I read it, and I thought it was great when I read it. Here's my theory on why people don't go nuts over that stuff or why it just it seems to just be overlooked. And I think I I, because I feel the same way on the other end. A lot of times people tweet things like you tweeted and I didn't make a big deal. I think I just liked the tweet and moved on with my day Um, because anytime I come up with something like that, it's usually spurred from something concrete Mm -hmm. and then some abstract something comes from it. 
and you know, I'm really excited and it seems so profound and true to everything. But, and then when you, when you go, well, I should tell the world about this and then you tell the world, but you don't give them the concrete. You tell them the abstract thing. Exactly. You're just throwing out an abstraction. And so it's so mm-hmm. general that people just, I, I think, and I, well, I'll speak for myself. I feel when I see somebody else's thing, like if I was watching you, if I was watching you come up with that insight, if you had walked me through the problem that spurred that thought, I would think, oh yeah, I would see, I would see it. But because you yeah. just give the abstraction, people don't see it. Yeah. Um, anyway, long story short, it's the momentum. It's the momentum of when I start to get stuck is just when the other person's having a good idea or when the other person has no idea what's going on, I can like walk them through like, here's how this works. Here's how this works. Here's how this works. Mm-hmm. It's so, and like the power of like explaining things and rubber ducking and asking questions and like all of that stuff is just like really to me i think what it does is like keeps the momentum Hmm. you know because there it's so easy to you fix a bug and it reveals a second bug yeah you fix that bug it reveals a third bug it's so easy to just grind to a halt yep you know and just be like uh, you know and so then you you sit here uh, picture this situation right like you uh you were getting a, a random 500 when uh date strings were uh wrong right yeah like whatever the the view front end was sending a different date format than the php back end yeah right so you get you get this 500 only from this one component we fix that then you realize that your date comparison logic was wrong. Uh, so you, you start dealing with that. Uh, and then while dealing with your date comparison logic, you realize that like you haven't even been storing timestamps for like this whole thing. So now you need to like write a job that's going to backfill it and all of the... Th- none of this is real. I'm just like... No, yeah. I'm no, at, it's... But like you get to that and you're like, man, my goal here was like stop this 500 on this yeah, post right, request yeah. right and now i'm like way down the rabbit hole and even if you don't physically go down the rabbit hole you'll you'll go down it in your head really quick and yeah. you'll get overwhelmed and you'll think you'll just move on to the easier thing or put it, it off or something yeah and it's like what and there's this this moment that i hit all the time as a programmer where I'm like on the edge of the abyss and I'm like, do I dive in fully and inhabit the abyss? Yeah. Right. And become the abyss. Yeah. Right. And like gird my loins and go to war. <laughs> or do I say there's a smarter way I need to step away from this problem and like approach it from a different angle or something like that or avoid this problem completely. Right. Yep. Uh, and if you, are solo when you hit that point right and say everyone who you might call upon is on a plane or on vacation or whatever right and you're just like i have no nobody who knows the code base well enough to give me a useful answer is available yeah i now am like confronted with what seems in the moment like a moral decision, mm-hmm. right? Like a like a deeply existential and moral decision of like, 
do I prepare myself for the next three days to be a process of dealing with this thing that was supposed to take me 45 minutes? Or do I like abandon ship and work on something else, you know? And it's, if you're solo, that is like a soul crushing decision, right? Because even after you make it, you're constantly convinced you've made the wrong one, right? For me, when I come across something like that, this is kind of fresh because I have all these live wire issues. Right, right, um, right. <laughs> like physical GitHub issues. And I always go after the easy ones, you know? Cause it, but there's yeah. a bunch of them that I look at that, like, I'll open it and I'll, I'll think, like, I'll just kind of skim it. This is even even things that I've actually digested before and thought, this is too much work right now. And then I come back to it and I skim it and I go, this is going to require me to really put my thinking cap on you know this is going to require exactly like you said this is going to require me to just dive in to to this problem you called it the abyss to just completely change my context and that that cognitive overhead is always it always is scarier than it actually is i always overestimate um it's a mountain to climb you know so i think like in general advice to myself is like just like uh, you know, all that stuff. Like, uh, don't climb the mountain. You know, just take one step. Don't don't think of it like you're climbing a mountain. Think of it like you're taking a step up a hill. You know, right? We're taking the first step, and then you've ripped off that that amount of things. So anyway, my response so to that, you is that's for like, me. Hold that's on, hold like on, hold a, on. Okay. My response to you. <laughs> this is good. Good uh, podcasting um, uh, manners. <laughs> Shut up. Just. <laughs> because i could see you in zoom i could see he's like oh if i take too big of a breath he's gonna come in so i can't take too big of a breath and i'm like so decal so my response to you is i don't usually once i'm in i don't feel the pain as much usually once i'm in i go oh i'm glad but for me like the pain is in the motivation and that's why pairing is useful to me is because i have another person who's rooting for me or who the accountability just their presence of being like all right let's jump into this and then it's yeah. smooth sailing you know it's not even like yeah it's it's more the account of i wouldn't even say accountability it's like the cosign it's the like you are hereby authorized by me another smart person to jump into the abyss okay yeah so this is something like when you say that i think of something that isn't like a github issue but that would be like a sub issue like an issue you find while you're yeah while you that's what it always is i think the first kind of issue like so the story of me looking at a github issue it's a defined issue i know i should go well uh-huh. all right like but a jira ticket like you have to right. you have to get all the tickets done github issue jira ticket yeah whatever <laughs> yeah so you have to get you have to get all the tickets done sure that's the difference it's like you know you have to do this so you start so the decision of whether or not to work on it is easier but the sub issues that crop up when you start going down an issue trail that you don't know if you should go down is that what you're saying that like your I'm pair talk- yeah i'm talking about like i'm talking about the point where you discover something uh and you're like, oh, the way the app is built will not support this issue, right? Like, we thought this was going to be a simple issue, right? Mm-hmm. But then once we started taking a look at it, we realized, oopsie-daisy, like, we don't have... Like, this is going to require, like, adding a table and changing this to a polymorphic relationship. Yeah. And, you know? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you're, like, confronted with... Uh, 
a big chunk of work, right? Yeah. Um, and there's always a part of my brain that has this, and maybe it's because I've been like, I want to, I'm going to use the phrase dunked on here, okay. uh, which tent seems to ascribe some malice to the dunker. But in this case, I don't think the people who've dunked on me were like being mean about it. I just felt dunked on in the moment. But like, what I've is, been dunked on so many times. What is it to be dunked on? I'm telling you. I'm telling you right okay. now. I've been dunked on so many times where I was like, whew, spent a long time solving this complicated problem. Mm-hmm. Here's my big complicated solution. And someone was like, why didn't you do the simple solution? Hmm. And I'm like, because I'm dumb. That's why. Because <laughs> I'm dumb and I'm not smart, you know? Uh, and so I have this huge fear of getting dunked on. Yeah. Where I'm like, all right, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to spend two days on this problem. Then I'm going to eventually, you know, whoever's on the plane is going to get off the plane and review this code mm-hmm. and be like, you're dumb. Mm-hmm. You're, you're dumb, dumb man. Mm-hmm. You did a dumb, dumb thing and you wasted a lot of time doing it. <laughs> um, and so, but I also am aware that sometimes there isn't like a smart, clever four lines of code solution to things yeah, right yeah sometimes you just have to write a bunch of code and it's hard yeah. um and the point where i'm in the process of deciding do i sit and further contemplate easy ways i could potentially do this mm-hmm. or, do, or I, do i rewrite do the i entire... decide do i decide i've already thought about all the easy ways i might do this I've checked, I've crossed off all the ones that seemed reasonable and the only way left is the hard way. And now I'm just going to dive into the abyss. Yeah. Right. And when you have someone else with you, I feel so much more confident in that decision that says, okay, I have you. All right. uh, Caleb, you and me were pairing. I'm like, well, I can't think of anything else. You got anything? Nope. All right, so you think we should just dive on in? Yep. All right, let's do it. And then we go in, and like that's all it takes. And then once we're in, we both have some sort of relative confidence that like we this is what we're supposed to be spending our time on. You know? Whereas in a situation where I make that decision myself, it might be 8 hours before I'm fully confident that this was not a waste of my time. It'll be until the code is merged. I will be constantly afraid that I wasted the client's money. I wasted the client's time. I waste, I didn't do the cool thing, all those things. Yeah. And pairing is just like a little, like you got this bud, you know, go ahead and make that decision. Like, I don't know. That's the magic of it. It's just like, it's very true. A little bit of like boost in your decision-making ability. You, you have uh, somebody who's, who's in it with you that yeah. they can vouch for the decision you share yeah. blame um you share you know if it's not the right move you were you there's two now so it's like yeah. it doesn't necessarily directly reflect you it's just it's sort of like if something goes wrong from a pair session like let's say that you and i don't know keith pair on something and then matt sees it and goes pishaw like this is the wrong you know, mm-hmm. this is wrong. This, you, why did you guys spin your wheels? You, he, he wouldn't necessarily 
think if he knew that you paired on it, he would think, oh, the situation was such that it wasn't this wasn't obvious to do right or this was hard, you know, or there's yep. some there's some amount of, you know, where if it's just Daniel, it's like, you know, like, oh, he was just in his own world and wasn't coming up for air or whatever. And um, that the um, I think the the real difficulty is like that whether or not like a Matt character in this uh, stage play even exists like even if it's a, my own project mm-hmm. you know it's like uh, like i just want it to like i want to be efficient guy who gets a bunch of stuff done quick you know yeah, and oh they're yeah. like it, it becomes like an existential thing where it's like like one of the things that i'm supposed to be able to do is like analyze the right decision to to be efficient and save time and all that and so like that's the like i never really have fear that i'm not going to be able to complete a task yeah you know like at this point like i know i can get everything done yeah you know it's just a question of like how (laughs) you know like am i gonna get things done good good i'm gonna get things done badly (laughs) you know yeah i i didn't know that that's not how you use words um yeah it's but yeah i don't know i was just thinking about pairing that way recently because like i had a good pair with matt uh yesterday and it was on an issue that i had just been chewing on and he came in not knowing any of the code base but just the ability for me to like be able to explain something to him and then suggest a decision and him say seems reasonable yeah uh i felt like i was skating on ice yeah moving so fast everything was just flying you know yeah it's true and the day before that i had just been grinding like i can't with this thing like this is going to lead to this and then i'm going to be neck deep in this you know yep and i was but it was all (laughs) fine (laughs) yeah no i hear you i think i think you're i think you hit a really good point that one extremely tangible, awesome benefit of pairing is just simply the cosine, like you said, just getting the cosine that just getting the, yeah, yeah, go for it. Or yeah, you're doing the right thing or, you know, or, or in some cases the, you're doing the wrong thing. Wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's that, there's the practical benefit of people knowing more patterns. Those are two definite, practical, tangible benefits of pairing. I still am pairing a verse. Yeah, for some you're reason. an interesting cat. You are an interesting, interesting cat because you have this ability to like marinate an idea mm. that I don't know if it's just the circumstances of like Livewire. Because right. I don't. Were you doing this on client projects? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I wasn't uh, recognizing it as much as I am now, at least because like. I don't know how to tell the client <laughs> that I'm doing that, you know? Oh. That's something I would love to figure out is be like, hey, look, I uh, I built like half of this feature, and I think I just want to not work on it for a while <laughs> while I think about it. Well. And then maybe do it more later if w- while in the shower the right answer comes to me. Yeah. <laughs> I've you know got, what I'm saying? Yeah, I've never like, said that to a client. It's just a hard sell. 
the two the two cells that I often do make are well uh-huh. one the Yagni cell of course like I think yeah. that's at least at least something that a conversation that I'm constantly having with any client I'm working with same at, definitely at Titan same sort of thing it was all it's always like you know do do we need this and you know really you know first communicating the problem versus solution space then communicating like you know all the stuff, all the Yagni stuff, but I've like mm-hmm. live and die by the Yagni thing because they're the eighty twenty. There always is a twenty percent effort version that gives mm-hmm. you eighty percent of the yield, and I love finding those things. But the other thing that I that just sort of I started doing on the uh, the client project that you're working on that app um, was like oh maybe it was before anyway. Uh, it was basically we would we would I would feel this thing where I'm feeling like. Oh, right now I'm speaking about things I don't really know, or like, I'm not even necessarily estimating, but right Mm -hmm. now, you know, when, but really a great thing to do is just to say, Hey, can you give me a week or can you give me a day or two of exploration on this? And then we can come back next week and decide if it's something we want to do or decide which approach to take, because then you literally set yourself up to just nah, like to just like wipe every, all of your work if you don't like it and it's i don't know and clients it's i've gotten great reception anywhere i've ever suggested that almost every time people say yeah that's a good idea it's that whole base camp like like a hill uh hill charts like get to the top you can't see what's on the what's at the end if it, if the hill mm-hmm. is in between you and the end you have to mm-hmm. get to at least the top of the hill to see what's in front of you and how much how far down the, the second half of the hill is i don't know right. so that that's a thing that that sort of gives you some space and some runway on a problem and not just start off with like the instant pressure, you know? Nah, that's right. Nah. Daniel holds up a yeah. nah sticker. Yeah. These are really nice stickers, by the way, now. Oh yeah. I've you got, got the, the new ones. I've got the good ones. How and are I put, they? I put the no plans to merge sticker on my car. Nice. Um, With the Laravel sticker, the to do sticker, uh, and the uh, David Hemphill whip magnet. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. The new stickers um, are so they're, dope. They're beefy, dude. I love them. <laughs> I feel like I could ball this sticker up and chew it like chewing gum for <laughs> 30 minutes before it, it disintegrated. Yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's legit. Yep. So good. Um yeah, now when I look at the old stickers, which are like laying on my desk for some reason, I just hate them so much. I'm sorry, yeah. everyone who got them, just burn them. Just put them on, you know, light poles and mailboxes and, and neighbors' cars and stuff like that. No, no, no personal property, only city property. No, I don't know. Personal property, it's almost best on personal property. Nah. So uh, we now interrupt this broadcast to hear from our sponsors. Honey Badger is a sponsor. So Honey Badger, um, I was thinking the other day, I was like, I don't know what made me think of this. I don't know why. I think I I actually opened Honey Badger to look at an error and thought, whatever. Point is, I thought, why don't I reach out to support? Okay, I'm saying a lot of I thoughts. Rewind, I thought, how does Honey Badger offer 
real like real-time human support with a little intercom button like that's what i was hoping for is like i really hope that this app is a small group of people that i can go on i can hit the intercom button and i can actually talk to someone who's you know a real human person because sometimes most of the time intercom's great but sometimes it's not if it's a big company sometimes like even though it's intercom you're still getting a bunch of they have a bunch of chat bots written because you can write chat bots in intercom yeah and they'll just refer you to like support articles and stuff so i thought wouldn't this be a good experiment if i literally just typed in here hey uh i'm doing a sponsorship for my podcast and we use and honey badger is a sponsor I just want to know how long it takes to hear a response and if the response is a real human. So I wrote this and I hit enter and then 30 seconds or maybe less later, I got a response from a guy named Ben who happens to be the (laughs) co-founder. He told me that later Um, who said, and he said, uh, Hey, yeah, this is, I am a human (laughs) or something like that. And I said, Oh sweet. (laughs) While I'm at it, are you a dev? He's like, I've been a developer for 20 years and I co-founded this company. And I was like, dude, He's making this this too easy for me. Yeah, so, it's great. So I love where I love paying for an app that I know. I felt this way with Media Temple. That's why mm-hmm. I switched to Media Temple. I no longer use Media Temple, but when I did, when I made the switch, it was because you could just pop open a chat and get a real human. And you know who that real human was would be? Who? Jose Soto. Jose, he was a Media Temple support, right? He was Media Temple support oh, engineer. That's crazy. He I talked about that because they always had that like splash page on the homepage that showed the office of the support people, mm-hmm. which was basically their advertisement is like, hey, non-offshore support <laughs> yep. that gets to work in a cool office with plywood desk dividers. But yeah, so Honey Badger has the support. They do. Um, it's super cool. Um, what, what's your experience with Honey Badger Ben since you've since you've had it installed? It's great. It does exactly what it. you want it to do. It's simple. Yeah, exactly. um, it's fast. It's a it's a Rails app, and it feels like like I, I like that that it feels like a good good solid Rails app with you know mm-hmm. server rendered views and stuff, and it's just nice and tight. Um, I looked at the change log because they have a like a change log. And you can just see like every version and all the updates and it's really clean. So I just started scrolling and finding tons of stuff. And two things I found just for fun. The first thing I found is they, uh, so they integrate with GitHub issues, which is cool. And they can automatically close issues. No, when you close an issue that's linked or created from a Honey Badger error, because you can set up like Jira links oh, and GitHub cool, links. Cool, cool. When you yep. close the issue on GitHub, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you close the issue on GitHub, it'll mark the error as resolved on nice. Honey Badger, and then it'll disappear. Sweet. Also, Laravel Forge integration, specifically with Forge, um, they added, I don't know, like a month or two ago. I saw that in the changelog that you can just add like, uh, yeah, you just add a key. Uh, or no, you get your Forge. You get the web hook from Honey Badger. And there's a spot to paste it in Forge. You know, every time Forge deploys, it's linked to Honey Badger. So you can find an issue and it'll tell you what deployment it was from or introduced in. Oh, Likely nice. introduced in. Um, that is so cool. Yeah. So directly from Forge, super nice. The other thing I saw while I was changelog diving was they, oh, they added a two-factor optionally. Yep. yep. If you want. And when they added it, they integrated a with a service called, oh, I'm forgetting the name. But it looks to see if you've been, if like your your uh, password and email have been compromised, if you've been hacked. Exactly. So have like, I been pwned or something? What's that? Is it have I been pwned or one of those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something yeah. exactly. I think it 
is that or something yep. very close to that. Um, so it calls upon that API and I don't know if they did this for the deployment or they do this when you create a password, but they warn you, they hit the API and are like, Hey man, you know, you need don't to set up two factor, change your password or something. So just a bunch cool. of little cool touches that, uh, I enjoyed just flipping through and it's a small team. Um, and it's great. So I have nothing but good things to say so far. Yeah. Beauty. So yeah. Thanks again to honey badger. Thank you. Honey badger. Thank um, you, Honey Badger. That's going to be our jingle. We definitely need an in an in, uh, in and out jingle for the sponsorship. So that'll be it. Yep. Um, that's great. I'm working on something, D. Cole. What you working on? So I've been hacking on this for the last two days, and I tweeted the on? domain name. It's called LiveWareFiddle.com. Oh my gosh! Really? Yeah. That's so sick. So I'm doing it because... Are you using Vapor? No. I could. You should. But, nah, well, I don't know. I Let me think about that. Should I? How, what, in what world should you do anything else besides that? I mean, I would have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't see how it would be any better than just a Forge instance right now uh well yeah that's the whole thing unless right? it got crazy right popular and everything slowed to a halt and whatever but yeah yeah so right, anyway keep telling me about it so liveware fiddle um yeah. i made this because so it's always been in the back of my head like this would be cool like months ago i looked into this because you can do if you're running a javascript framework you can super easily create uh insert javascript framework here fiddle like it's cake because it's all in the front end it's not a big deal but back end stuff you know, it's hard to do that. Um, somebody was working on a Laravel like sandbox site where you could just like work on a Laravel app in a browser right. and see output. Right. Um, so people have attempted this and there actually is a company who claims to like have beta, a, like beta project that supports backend sandboxes anyway. So that's been a hang up, but I'm doing all these, these, uh, these tickets, these issues on GitHub. And so many times somebody submits an issue and I just want them to give me the exact component to copy and paste into, into my app that I can run and find the problem, right? Like this yep. is the classic, any issue submitted ever is like, give me the steps to reproduce. But more than just that, like, I want you to literally make me copy and paste and that's it. Like I don't, yep. I don't like take your instance, boil it down, get rid of all the dependencies that are in your app and give me something that can demonstrate the issue. Mm -hmm. So I thought, even if I just keep telling people, like, I need to be able to copy and paste this, how sick would it be if people could actually reproduce it on LiveWare Fiddle? Like, they could write yep. the component, they could get a URL, and they could send it to me or post on the issue and say, That'd be so sick. Here is the exact issue. And now I have a no, uh, um, no questions no about anything. What's that? Yeah, no frills. Yeah, it's perfect. So that that's what set me out to to want to make this. Um, and it's kind of an interesting problem. I went, you know, to a bunch of different solutions and started doing all this crazy stuff. But um, but uh, yeah. So how does it work? Um, it works because your eyes, dude, they're killing me, D. Cole. I need your I'm eyes. I'm thinking. I'm, I Are you? I'm thinking. I feel like you're texting. That's the I'm look not, of somebody nope. texting. I have a screwdriver in my hand. Okay. That's all. Um, so 
what was I saying? Oh, how does it work? How does it work? Right. So at first I wanted to create like a dynamic component thing where what you edit is saved in a database and then uh-huh. it's like evaled in PHP. That's such a safe and secure idea. I'm so, so glad you came up with that. Basically, I've come to, there's no way for me to make this secure. Like it's nearly impossible. So I have to embrace that. And basically, mm-hmm. so there's a website called PHP Tester or something. Mm-hmm. And at the header, they're like, please don't break this. This is for the community. <laughs> and I love it because it's like, this will be so much easier if I don't have to make this secure. I don't even know if I can make it secure because I'm running user submitted backend code. My my best bet was like, okay, I'll make a Docker container for every component that's, that's created and you'll yep. have your own instance. But like, come on, that is way too much overhead for this project. So basically, I... Uh, <laughs> You're you're manipulating files inside of a Laravel app, <laughs> like, and I thought like such a bad idea. Statamic uses flat files, and they some some of their clients have like tens of thousands of, probably more than that of files in a folder, and I thought, why not? Why not just basically let people essentially their no 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 no. But Statamic isn't just like every user gets to just add files to the server that will get evaluated that's a totally different situation that's true at the end of the day what do i have to lose if this thing blows up nothing no 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 no. hold on hold on you are making a tool that people are going to use yeah right yeah presumably the livewire docs will include some of these fiddles at some point yeah Maybe. Right? Yeah. Presumably a bunch of people out there will write blog posts that they just embed a fiddle to show how it works. You'll embed them in your docs, all this stuff. And so then you're going to have like hundreds of sites around the internet that like are using (laughs) these fiddles as part of their functionality. And it goes down literally every 45 minutes because some guy is like, like dump user table. Not to mention like if you make like logins and all of that other stuff. So like like, I have some hard rules on this, no logins, mm -hmm. no database. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's so you can't, can you save a fiddle? No, it's it's saved automatically. You have a URL and that is your, can you delete a fiddle? No, no. I, that is one. Maybe it deletes automatically like 30 days after its last view. Yeah, that's interesting. I definitely need to build some sort of garbage collection system and figure out like yeah. when is appropriate to garbage collect. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Uh this is so scary, Caleb. Why would why would anyone <laughs> Okay. At the very least, Caleb. Yeah. Make the Laravel app that runs the fiddles a different Laravel app than runs the website. Yeah, um, I thought about that, that I would have like a Laravel app inside of a Laravel app, or no, I could have it on a separate of, server. A totally separate server. Yeah, hmm, I don't know. Like, what would that do for me? Stop them from destroying your website or turning your website into like a credential harvesting farm or all sorts of other well, things. Well, there would be nothing to harvest. Would you, There would be if they added a form to ask for credentials. <laughs> what do you mean? Okay, so say your website doesn't have logins and usernames and passwords. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then they hack it and then they add and a they form add to get form. usernames and passwords. <laughs> right? Like they could do anything. 
they could turn your server into a Bitcoin mining rig. But they could still they do could, that, right? They like could if add I use JavaScript it. to your page to make every user of JS or that of is the one, the one mine uh, Bitcoin issue. Is they could track all your users. Is that is somebody you know? Um, yeah. So there's how, how do I make this secure? Because you're right. Like hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the thing that we really want to protect against. I'm not super worried about people taking the site down per se Um, because I can just have backups or whatever. I don't know. And I'm kind of Mm -hmm. hoping that people are just cool about this. Yep. (laughs) And PHP tester is still up and running and I don't know. So I do a basic sanitization before I write any contents to a file. I strip out eval, preg replace, like exec, backtick, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so all the like obviously dangerous stuff is impossible for you to run at least you know at least i think all the stuff that could let you get root on the server yeah right assuming that there's no vulnerability right but so somebody could in theory right now they could file store and they could write to the blade view the root blade view insert some some uh csr or cross-site scripting attack um Mm -hmm. in the in the javascript and uh and yeah they don't even need to do that wait a second they could just write to like public slash hack or something so what would that do have you ever seen like a meterpreter shell no okay uh have you ever used the metasploit framework uh no okay so metasploit is basically like a huge framework of uh known exploits yes yes right? i have then yeah um and the way it works is you get a shell on a machine right yeah and then you run that shell so there are shells written you connect to that shell from your client uh and there are shells written in every language including php okay so if you can get this php file uploaded and executing on a server you now have an interpreter shell to that server Gotcha, right? gotcha, 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 gotcha. So it is a it is a PHP server for Meterpreter. So then you get Metasploit in there, you just start running it. And then you see, like, what vulnerabilities does the server have? Are there any vulnerabilities in PHP that I have access to, blah, blah, blah. So assuming, just for A number one, you are super on top of this, and if there's zero days in PHP, you shut the site down until they're patched and then fix them. Uh like there's all of those things right where it's like as soon as there's a zero day someone's going to metasploit in and get in what's the zero day server oh like like a launch vulnerability is released released before it's patched gotcha yeah right so it's like it's publicly released like there is this vulnerability in php yeah yeah and then it takes 48 hours for the patch to be released right in in that time everyone's just going to own your server okay so well why not if i'm using a defined version like if I'm just on a version. No, 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 but there there say there's a vulnerability. What are you using? 73 whatever. Whatever right? forge would ship with. Sure. So say it's like 732, right? Yeah. Say you're using 732. Well, there's a vulnerability in 732. Right. We just that don't we, know what it is. That yet. we don't know about. Right. Yeah, sure. Right. And so when it becomes known what that vulnerability is, it will take a couple days for that to to patch. Sure. And okay. So in I the got meantime, you. So what is the worst that can happen here? So, and what I mean by this is like, screw the site, 
forget about uh-huh. anything about the site functioning. If that goes down, that's just part of the risk. Right. What do I stand to lose? So there's there's two things that I can see. The, the one thing is the one... All right, one bad thing is if they somehow like can access my Forge account and can access other servers within, you know, that Forge provisions or access whatever if they they're somehow not, they're not going to be able to do that unless there's like a key stored on the server that right that would be my thought you use a different key if there's some what do you mean i use don't a different think, key i mean they would need a public and private key it's only your public key so they would still don't don't have your private key to connect to those things but i would just use a different key pair what do you mean by key pair oh oh now i'm not talking about my stuff I'm not talking about me SSHing in. I'm talking about somehow the server accessing my Forge account. They shouldn't be able to do that, no. Okay. Um, so let's say that they can't do that. Um, right. So the other class of, of issue is if they use it as a host to attack other people using it. Right. Which would be the cross-site scripting stuff. Not just that. What else? Right? There's all sorts of other stuff. They could just root the server right right okay and then just wait until the right time to do something a long time down the road so they could send spam from your server which is a very common thing to do uh they could change your website to uh like there's javascript bitcoin mining stuff that uh a lot of times when people hack websites they won't change the website at all They'll just inject some JavaScript at the bottom of the page that makes all of the clients mine Bitcoin while they're on the page. <laughs> um, That's and great. it just heats up your CPU fan really hard. There are it's so just, many potential cross-site scripting vulnerabilities in so many apps. Like most apps that I see have them. Yeah. Um, but decal. Uh-huh. So how do we prevent this? docker images so if i had docker images and everything Uh every fiddle you created was a docker image Mm -hmm. it couldn't access anything with the world around it and it would just be created and destroyed every time yes Hmm. that's how like ci that's how like travis doesn't get hacked right even though people can run arbitrary code in it oh that's so much harder so the problem is or or now here's the theory i don't know i don't know if this works but this is why i said are you going to use vapor mm-hmm. if you use vapor there's not a server to root there is not a server to root right interesting so wow there would be a file um there would still hmm there's still be a database work? does it just where does it get the files are the files just from a repository or what yeah, they exist somewhere. They're, they're stored in... Do you know where? I don't know. Probably like EC2 or something. No. Or uh, S3 or something. I don't know. Hmm. That's interesting. Cause I'm if... sure they're cached between... It's not it's not pulling them from GitHub every time. I'm sure they're cached somewhere on Amazon's system. Right, right, right. So my current strategy wouldn't work, though. I would have to have some dynamic... Ah. <sighs> I would need so for liveware to work, it has to actually yep. have files. Like it has to like blade files, you can't you need a blade file. It has to be a physical file. You can do compile string. Physical file. 
but there's no way what's that what is what do you mean by a physical file um dot blade dot php file uh-huh so my initial approach was like i'll store the class contents and the view contents in a database and then i'll somehow like use e- eval or something to mm-hmm. run the class and then run the view Mm-hmm. The view, though, has to be a physical file. I can't use eval or anything like that. Okay. So, basically, I'm saying that, that like, it's a hard problem. I can't think of a really easy way to create a Docker container. Well, no, but, I mean, there's... You, could, you still would have storage. Yeah. For your Laravel app. What do you mean? Like a, like a storage folder full of files like your images and stuff so you're saying put those files there you make a you make a super locked down folder you don't have a storage folder with lambda no but you have a s3 storage right you would have you can have stored somewhere else sure right and that's a file no (laughs) oh (laughs) it is yeah interesting the s you could literally have all the files on s3 wait a second how does this work? Can you, in PHP, can you require, you know, like just a require statement? Can you require a remote file? It's not remote, though. That's the thing with Amazon. It's just, you can make S3 part of your hard drive. Hmm. With, on Lambda, easily? Oh, I don't know. But I, I know that you can do it. That's what the whole thing with S3 is like. It's just like portable storage that you can just attach to any of its other providers. So... And it's not like it doesn't require this is someone this is one of those types of things that uh, a third of the people listening are screaming or something. So S three, like the only times I've used S three, and I use it for a decent amount. I use it for asset hosting, mm-hmm. and I've mm-hmm. used it for like a static backend stuff like that. Sure, mostly asset hosting, and even yep. whatever. You're saying that I could somehow say, mm-hmm. all right, S three you're going to handle the storage folder inside my Laravel app. Laravel's not going to know the difference. It's going to think it's just a folder. And the files inside of it, it's going to think are just files on the local drive. And so PHP, can you can do like include storage I don't know. slash something. I don't know if that's how if that's an option that's available to you in Vapor. Because um, Vapor is configuring your Lambda, right? So I don't yeah, think yeah. you get to configure your Lambda yourself. But hmm. I don't see why not. This is good. This is good. And worst because- case scenario, right? You should be able to. I don't know. Hmm. hmm. I think you could pull it off. You think so? Yeah, I, th- I bet you could pull it off. Hmm. This is tough. And so, where before it was going to cost me. Ten dollars a month, this whole project. We're up to fifty. We're up, We're up to, to 50, fifty minimum. <laughs> minimum. All these lambda like But think about this. Think about this, right? Make this app not have a database. Okay. Right? That's how it works, yep. So far. Because there's no users. Yeah, no right? users. Yeah. There's nothing that you need to store in a database, right? Yeah, right. Could you re- really build this app without a database? Well, right now my store no models, no is, eloquent. is writing to files. So if I right. couldn't do that, I would have to write to some sort of storage thing. 
And there's no relationships you need to build, right? No. All right, so then you you know now no longer need to pay for a database, which is the biggest expense for vapor. Really? Yep. Do we know how much like the cost of vapor is? It was in expensive. Metal, like lambda it was like, metal. It was like well, the big thing is the RDB. Uh, he didn't specifically say RDB, but I'm pretty sure it's RDB. Yeah, I'm just wondering like how much if I host this thing on Lambda, so it's 35 a month for vapor, and then like how much am I paying in just people hitting Lambda? on my AWS account. I don't know, but I mean the nice thing about it is you're you're only paying when they're hitting. Right, right, right. But I mean as opposed to $15 a month tops <laughs> on Forge, you know. It's true. I don't know. Um I don't know the answer you're right though i mean that would really be worth exploring if i really wanted <laughs> like my risk with lambda i now risk the like in theory them getting access to amazon servers and taking amazon down <laughs> which no no i know i don't Amazon's i'm just saying problem. hypothetically that like yeah. before it was if they get access to the server they can you know hijack stuff but okay so the key is is that we have to assume that every Lambda instance is is booted up from a canonical set of files, like a GitHub repository. Well, this is and this is the thing, right? It's like that whole Docker container thing that I was suggesting. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's just what Lambda is. No, uh, you can, there is container. I mean, I'm sure it is containers. Yeah, but. Right. So it's like f- the security that's provided by the containerization is essentially you get the same thing yeah totally yeah i was just using that as a thought the only the only difference is it's not containerized per fiddle it's just containerized as one big app right which is fine um i mean it's not not optimal (laughs) what's the difference it is containerized per fiddle because every single time you call anything it's a separate container Right, but the app itself can modify those files, right? Right, 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 right. right, So someone could mess with other people's fiddles. Yeah, right. That's the thing that I'm less concerned about. That's the least of my concerns is people hijacking other people's fiddles. Um, (laughs) Why? They can make the fiddles mine. I'm picturing like a cartoon of like a gnome like (laughs) running up to a kid. Mess with my fiddle. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just an old prospector shaking a stick, <laughs> yeah. or shaking a shaking a violin bow. <laughs> hey, they're after me, fiddle! They're after me, fiddle! Uh, oh man, you listen to any uh, Irish folk music? Any Makem and Clancy? No. Oh, it's, it's a shame. Good fiddle stuff. Good fiddle work. And me fiddle strings are new, and I've learned a tune or two, and I'm well prepared to ramble and must go. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. So, Decole, I, I need to know how to build this thing. Hat. How Whoa. do I? How do I ever, ever survive? Caleb, I have a question for you. Yeah. Are you scared of Docker? No. I think you're scared of Docker. I don't like Docker. I think you're scared of it. I don't like it. I think you're scared of it. I think, I think it's the right solution for this problem, and you don't want to do it. Oh, no. I think you're probably right. I mean, it, it probably is, and I should do that. I, I think... I think this is a thing where if you bit the bullet, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm co-signing. 
diving into the abyss. Hmm. I'm saying if you dove into the abyss, I think that's where the right solution is. And I think you're trying to see if there's an easy way to avoid the difficulty of having Docker instances. Yeah. And I don't think there is. All right. Well, you heard it here. I think, and I mean, obviously it all depends on your risk tolerance and what you're willing to, willing to subject your users to. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the model of, Hey guys, let's not screw this up. Like I know you're all hackers and capable of ruining this. I like that. I, but I, I want to at least know that I'm not compromising other people's stuff, you know? Yes. Yes. And what was that site called again? PHP tester or something like that. PHP tester. I bet you, in addition to asking people to be good, they also have a lot of systems in place to make sure that people are good. It's possible. Like I, mean, I don't I, think I told you, like I have that. that method. It's foolproof. I, you can't eval. Yeah, too easy. That's true. Locked that's true. You are down. Why isn't there a way in eval. PHP that you can run a part of a code base and be like, no side effects, can't use anything? Yeah. I know it'd be nice, right? It would be. I could just say would like, be nice. Enter sandbox. Oh uh, uh, well, that's interesting. Hmm. So I guess there's some more to explore. Let's pretend that my approach is perfectly fine. Yep. Building it was absolute yep. cake. Do you know why? Yeah. Why? Because I built it with a tool. That is. Oh really? What's that? What? What? Go on. I built it with a tool. Mm-hmm. That allows you to be ultra productive inside of Laravel. And that tool is called Livewire. Livewire. For real. So I built it with Livewire. Livewire is baller. Can I say that? You, yeah, you know what you Livewire means to me? Livewire is a new paradigm. It is a great paradigm. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> it is not a great paradigm because it allows you to make dynamic stuff happen on a web page without writing JavaScript. That's nice. That's a side bonus. It's because you don't have to write controllers. It's because you don't have to write controllers and you don't have to write Ajax requests. It's this crazy, beautiful model. So I basically, I started out with this really nice, like I basically have a text area that's wire modeled to a piece of data. And then yep. I just have a watcher on that piece of data that every time it's updated, I, I take the contents of it and I actually store it inside of a file on the server, right? Mm-hmm. so easy like just that so before you would have had to write an endpoint and an ajax request and do all that stuff right this is just cake and then at the beginning of the request i can seed that text area with data from the file and it's just so in so the whole like workflow is amazing and you can tdd all of this and i did i tdd the whole thing and it was great it was beautiful so easy then it got to the point where i was using a javascript p- framework package thing called code mirror it's basically an in-browser editor so that you weren't just mm-hmm. writing code in a text area. Mm-hmm. But CodeMirror is pretty hijacky. Like, it literally just inserts DOM into your page. And, you know, it doesn't even attempt to, like, keep synchronicity yeah. with, like, a text area element or anything. So there's an API that you sure. can listen to, like, change hooks. And you can seed it with data and all this stuff. So it's cake to do any of that because on the on the hook, I just do a live wire emit in JavaScript to be, like, emit an event that says update content and then my liveware component just listens to that event and updates the content and then the component anytime it wants can emit a refresh iframe event that in the front end i have code that refreshes the iframe when it hears to do that from the back end component 
So, and it's all inside one component. I have script tags, style tags, and normal stuff inside my Livewire component, just like a single file view component. Hmm. I just threw a script tag in there, like, and it runs. Hmm. It's great. Threw a style tag in there to overwrite the code mirror styles that I wanted to. So I have this nice isolated component. It even loads the code mirror assets. Like without the component, I'm not I'm not adding like code mirror.js to the welcome.blade.php or to the app layout, whatever. I'm adding it to my components view. And it's just like Sweet. as needed. So it's this Sweet. tight little component that has back end and front end behavior all tied together, all testable. Super nice. Caleb, that's amazing. But <laughs> I just realized how to solve the problem. Great. From our previous conversation. Let's do it. Here's what you do. Okay. You build a Laravel app that the sole purpose of the Laravel app is to run the code that the people provide. Okay. Right? Yeah. You make a route yep. that uh, accepts like a slug. Okay. Right? Or like a UUID or something. Yeah. Which corresponds to an Amazon S3 bucket or okay. a something. Uh, and then you basically hook that up as the storage of your app. Okay. And then pull the code out of there. So there's multiple storage containers. There's a different storage container for each fiddle. Okay. And the execution app only has access to one of them at a time. Interesting. Um, And there's no way for the execution app to somehow access other ones? No, it could. But the only way the only api that i have to interface with it is the url that i passed to that app right that app only has one route and that route accepts one parameter which is a uuid yeah which determines which thing to access and then once we're in there it pulls all the data out of that gotcha i'm picturing somebody adding code that somehow like writes to the s3 api and is like go up a directory (laughs) you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Or set storage. No, no, to no up but but it wouldn't be. It would be different buckets. That's what I'm saying. Interesting. Can you just create like thousands and thousands of buckets? Yeah, you can just spin up buckets all day long. That sounds like a dirty, dirty account <laughs> that I don't want to like see. Well, yeah, you gotta make a new account for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. So them, all right. So the problem buckets. is the practical problem. Uh huh. Is if I run, so I can do the the PHP part because I can just eval whatever's yep. stored in that file. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I could just write. I could just write the file. I could just write each file to a file in the temporary in the app. You know, the mm-hmm. route when you hit the endpoint, it writes to the files first. Yep. Yeah, and it creates these files. Yeah, hmm. that is a good option. So, can Docker easily run on Laravel Forge? Uh. What do you mean? Like, could I do this without Vapor and just have, like, Docker containers that I call to? Yeah, I don't know what you mean by on Laravel Forge. I don't think there's any specific tools within the Forge web UI to deal with Docker. Right. I mean, is it easy enough to, like, SSH into the Forge server and set up Docker and keep it running? Yeah. I mean, you can do it. We did it on our Jenkins server at uh, Baseball Football Service. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm just all that stuff just, scares me. It's just Linux. It's just Linux. It's so easy. Yep. I think you'd be fine. I don't know. But the It's just like a whole other thing to worry really about hot. that now I have to worry about some like Docker instance staying alive. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like I would you only have to worry about that up front, I think. Wait, what do you mean staying alive? You don't have to worry about it staying alive, right? I don't know. It's just another moving part that just all, you know, makes me yeah, more yeah. nervous. But I feel like I would just be so much more nervous about like some kid like putting boobs and butts on my website <laughs> without me knowing. No, I think you're right. Um and then it's like linked in my Twitter D, Twitter profile. So the question is, then, do we go Vapor or do we go Docker on Forge? It's a lot hotter if you do it with Vapor. I know, it's just so much more money. It's hot AF. We'll just tell the community to pay for it. How do you do that? Just put a button that says at the top that just says like Laravel Vapor costs $40 a month. Here's how much I've raised so far this month. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That would be cool if like front and center was the cost and how much I've gotten, like how much this costs yeah. me and how much I received to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. Decisions, decisions, decisions. It's a good chat though. I'm glad I brought it up. Oh yeah. I like it. I'm really excited about uh, Livewire. Dude. And you building things with it. I'm gl- like, you know, the conversation we had last week about like whether or not Taylor's good at building. Yeah. By the way, he uh, un-open sourced that refund. I know. I found a fork though. Yeah. No, everyone found the fork. I, I literally stumbled on it. I was I went on GitHub and just did explore like trending repos just for fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I filtered by PHP. Bam. Laravel bam. Cloud for I was like, oh sick. I better I better copy this. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, but similar to our conversation about whether or not Taylor's good at building Laravel apps, it's fun to be like, does Caleb Porzio enjoy building a live wire app? Yeah. Dude, I don't know if I could go back to any other way honestly it's you're so that, you're gonna be that dope. consultant it's like i demand <laughs> i demand that we use the thing i built yeah i am it's unbelievable how productive you can be <laughs> it's great i hope i never create a controller again <laughs> oh it is good times up in here and like i said the reason that i i so confidently wave this flag it's because even mm-hmm. if you don't use all the DOM manipulation stuff, it's such a kick-ass Ajax controller back-end front-end communication paradigm that like yeah. even if you never do DOM manipulation, you should just use it for its event system. That's it. For sure. Worth it. For sure. For um, the sure. Hey, let's talk about uh, Echo integration. Yeah. Uh how hard is that to set up? It's just as hard as it is to set up Echo. So if you can I've set never up... never set up Echo. Echo setup? Yeah. Then you're How done. How hard is that? Uh, setting up Echo is easy, except sometimes it's annoying to get all the keys right with Pusher. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. But Thanks. And the, the whole guide's kind of confusing. Honestly, that's one of the more friction... Like, that whole broadcasting thing. Like, I, if, if I go, oh, I want to use Echo... Then I go to uh, I go to the Laravel docs. There's no little echo button. It's under broadcasting, mm-hmm. and it's this like subsection of broadcasting. 
So you don't really know like what is the broadcasting system and what's like the echo pusher integration system. It's a, it's a bit confusing. And I've thought about, I should like record a tutorial of setting this up because every time I try to do it, I always think I need, it's fuzzy. Like, what do I need to do? Do I need write a blog post? Don't record a tutorial. <laughs> okay. Cause I'm not going to do it either way. No, no, dude. No, I'm not it going because... to. It's just like, work um, you should do this it. is you should do right. it and then write I it once... i've already in the middle of a blog post for you caleb <laughs> <laughs> add it to the queue add it to the queue yeah but uh, anyway it's easy to I've, get so Echo i've setup. narrowed the scope i've narrowed the scope okay opml not part of this blog post maybe part of the website later what's opml the podcast feed parsing stuff oh yeah yeah right the stupid should, app, yeah. should never have been a part of the scope but <laughs> uh not not even going to be mentioned in the website nice. er, in the blog post cool here's what the blog post is it's a form to add a podcast mm-hmm. that includes ratings and tags nice right yep that's blog post number make one. make sure the tags are pre-filled tags yeah are they going to be bespoke uh, tags or like pre-set maybe both okay no it's this it's kind of um, thing that like the more bespoke they are the less mm-hmm. like anyone the less useful they are because people oh do i is it JavaScript with a hyphen capital space? Or JS, you know? or yeah. Yeah, and then you have like, yeah, yeah. you get bad data because there's a bunch of different tags that mean the same thing. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so there's that. So it's blog post series. It's a two-part blog post series. Blog post number one is a form to add a podcast. Yep. Uh, blog post number two is a view page with f- filtering, sorting, all sorts of things like that. Yeah. So, because those are like, it's like forms and tables, right? So I'm just going to do a forms post and a tables post. Perfect. And they'll both be clean little things where it's like, here's a view in Blade. Like, let's fix it. Yeah. What are you going to use Echo for? I'm not. I've just been rolling it around in my head a lot recently. Okay. And there's been a lot of things where I'm like, ooh, if I had Echo and Livewire, I could just... Mm -hmm. the thing the thing i want to tell people is like there is no you're not buying into livewire like you're installing your composer requiring something and you're using it somewhere in an app if you want you know it's like it can be a very minimal thing you have an app you have echo inside of it broadcasting system for all your events yep great yep add livewire sprinkle it in in one minute you're done like that's it yep. and you can use it once or nonce like it's not Ooh, this nuts. oh i want to live wire my app or oh i should, wish i could rewrite this in LiveWire. when people say that that tells me that people think it's this buy-in thing but it's not at all you know it's just one route it's or not, not even. even it's just an include yeah. just drop it in anywhere you want you don't have to change anything about your app mm. yeah don't you know you know what's crazy so uh oh thanks honey badger i just realized this would be good wait what'd you say oh man that was the worst time for lag yeah <laughs> really quick I... uh-huh i thought about this when i first started making livewire yep i could reduce the so the installation right now consists of two steps composer require mm-hmm. livewire and at livewire assets the directive Sure. Those are the two things. Sure. LiveWire components could add their own JavaScript. Like, 
Like very easily, I could make it so that you literally don't need to do anything. Like each just component. JavaScript is already on the page. Yeah. Like just, it would just, the code yeah, would just be like, make that. sure that at least one, make sure that this code exists, you know. That's an obvious win. You should do that. I should do that. Oh my gosh, I should do that. That's the type of shit I love. Dude, if LiveWire literally had zero installation steps, <laughs> it's composer require, yeah. and now you're good to go. Yep. Wow. That's it. That is it. That is the magic. Zero config. Yeah. But then it's like, well, yeah, okay. I'll have to talk about this later. You good. Yeah. Well, no. Where would you add the script, you know? If they add their include somewhere random, you know? Like, I would want I would want You'd the script to the be head. at the bottom of the body tag or at the, big, the end of the header tag, head tag, you know? You stick it at the end of the head tag. That's the only place you can stick it. But how would stick I it. stick it if, you know, I didn't have access to that? I'd have to, like intelligently write to that part of the page mm. yeah i think that would be i think it might be best to leave his liveware assets so that people can well mm, hold on though yeah all you need is for it to nah you're good you're why good. you can just stick it after your last livewire component yeah um i guess i'm wondering i don't know i would like to know what are the rules on placing stuff in weird places like can you just add a script tag halfway through the page or just hmm. can you add a style tag in the middle Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that i've done that before yeah i do it when i when i'm when i'm in like i'll do whatever i want mode because it's my little project but yeah hmm yeah, that could happen. Like after the last LiveWire, I mean, really, LiveWire waits for DOM content loaded event anyway, so it could go. Yeah, wait, anywhere. don't you get the whole DOM? What's that? Don't you have access to the whole DOM? I mean, there is literally that LiveWire. Are you LiveWire the DOM the DOM guy? <laughs> no, I know. I I already have the hook that I wait until DOM content loaded until I initialize LiveWire. So you could just stick it somewhere, initialize <laughs> LiveWire, and then move it. I to could. The right I place. guess I just feel weird about that. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. That would be sweet, what's, though. What's to feel weird about, Mr. Fozio? Yeah, I guess I just don't know. There's nothing to feel weird about. And besides, why does it even need to be in a specific place? I think it's fine. <laughs> I think you can do whatever you want. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Oh, dude, I could go on and on. There's so many cool things being added to the repo by random people who just like show up and are like, oh, you should do this. Hey. Or like, here's this. Hey, guy. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Yep. You I'm know. interested to see. Uh, Do you see the guy who made the view e-commerce demo into a LiveWire demo? Uh, I think I saw somebody just do a LiveWire e-commerce demo. So it was that the templates for that were from this view e-commerce demo. Oh yeah. Uh, and so someone basically took that thing and like replaced all the view with LiveWire. Gotcha. But it was so cool to see just like opening and closing the shopping cart and uh, yeah. counting up and down the number of things in the shopping cart mm. and changing sizes and all that stuff. I was like, ooh. Yeah. This like, because I've always thought of LiveWire as like for smaller things. No. But like you could just make like a whole giant like you could make amazon with live <laughs> yeah it's true yeah because the component just sits there 
Yeah, it just sits there. It's just chilling. And any nested just components... chilling. The, the parent component will not refresh unless a nested component tells it to. Yeah. So it's not like you have like, oh, if you have this giant component, then anytime any distant child updates, it has to re-render the whole tree like view. With view, yeah. who gives a crap because it's instant. But with mm-hmm. LiveWire, it's an Ajax request, so it's not. But But that's not the case. You can have a big giant component with a thousand children... And if you make one change in a child, it'll only be that child that's changed, and it'll be a small little Ajax request. Yeah. Yep. Yep, it's good stuff. Uh, I just added wire and knit. Um, this is something, like, I thought about doing before. I thought, like, oh, well, what if somebody wanted to, like, a hook, but for the front end, like, load the whole thing on the front end, and then once it loads in a browser, call back to LiveWare to load some stuff that's slow or something, you know? Sure. Um, so I just threw it in there. It took two seconds and now wire and it exists. So that's like another really solid use case for LiveWare is anytime you need to defer the loading of something. Like if you're loading like invoices from Stripe and they'll hang up the page, you just like wire and it load Stripe invoices and then have a little wire loading. Interesting. Spinner, Interesting. It's like the easiest thing in the world done. Huh? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, Nice, you know? nice, nice. So that's that's me, Decole. That's me. Sweet, sweet uh, beans. It is monumentally hot in this office. Mm. You and better. Uh, I would like to go adjust the temperature and have a glass of ice water. So I think we should call it. So thank you to Honey Badger for sponsoring our show, and thank you to Decole for being just such a beautiful boy. Uh, also, I during that lag earlier. I thanked Honey Badger already. Okay. I tried to end the show then, and then you just kept talking, and I was like, well, I guess we're not ending the show. <laughs> I didn't even hear it. But I just, it I was heard great, d- because we had such a beautiful follow-up conversation. Great. Just so, great. Just but that's, right, it. so if I knew that, like, this whole time you've been trying to exit, been like, yeah, so, uh, yeah. So hot. Yeah, I'm it's so about hot. time to be hitting the dusty trail. It, <laughs> has, it just got so hot so fast. I don't know how it happened. Like, I wasn't hot, and then now I'm about to pass out. Okay. Well, you go pass out. I'm going to go. Ooh, good podcast. Sir. Good podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Cue outro uh, music now. <laughs> I got it in before you could say now, so now you can't cut it out. <laughs> uh-huh.